are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 42. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to the show, my friends. This is College Success Habits, and I am your host, Jesse Mogul. As always, honored that I am privileged with your time. I know you're busy, busy, busy. And so being able to get 30 minutes of your week to discuss some amazing ways that you can start to build successful habits in your life is very, very special to me. And this week I have prepared a really great episode. I am going to discuss social media because it is everywhere. And as I watch it proliferate around uh, me and all of my friends, and I'm sure, no doubt, you, uh, whether you're into Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, um, I think getting into TikTok over the last few months and trying to figure that whole thing out has been quite a whirlwind. Um, I really haven't posted a darn thing on there yet, but I'm going to start. It's just, uh, to me, it's just it's a cooler version of Vine. And uh, honestly, I think the interface is pretty awesome. It just the, it, That thing is crazy addictive. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking about social media today is because it is crazy addictive. And it's made that way on purpose. My other podcast is called From Sobriety to Recovery, and there I talk about similar content. And, of course, it's based upon addiction recovery. And over there, I'm talking frequently about how it's not just alcohol and drugs. It can be sex and porn and food and our phones that put us into an addictive mindset where it gets to the point where we're like, we cannot live without it. And I think that our phone has become, for some time now, the most important device in our lives. Right. I mean, if you think about it, one of the biggest challenges you're going to face in these times in your college career, in your life beyond in order to excel, it's the most important challenge you'll face is coping and dealing with the struggles around your mental health. And mental health is something that has been widely discussed over the last few years uh, because of school shootings and cyberbullying and and everything that goes on. We are information can spread so rapidly now. And I think that it's important that you just keep in mind that it wasn't too long ago, you know, uh, early 90s, whenever I was finishing up high school and going into college, that email for us was a black screen with green writing. And here we are 26 years later from my freshman year in college. And it is amazing how fast our civilization has changed because of the internet because of technology. And more importantly, is that just because our society is changing this fast, it doesn't mean our brains are. And so it's very important that you monitor your mental health around what's going on on your phone. And for the sake of this episode, the phone just means anything social media or internet-based. I mean, mental health is so important that I can only hope one day that people see it as important, more important than our intelligence quotient, you know, our IQ, our emotional quotient, our emotional intelligence is far more important because that's what you're dealing with whenever you are having social interactions. 
how smart somebody is, if they know the capital of Iowa, if they know who invented the cotton gin, if they know the year that World War II ended, great, you know that stuff. I can literally just ask my phone for that answer, and four seconds later, not only do I get the answer, but I get the entire history of World War II. I get the entire blueprint of the verse cotton gin. I, I get the birth date of Steve Jobs. I didn't even want that. All the information in the world is now at your fingertips. We are in an information age. Moving forward, we're going to start seeing ourselves go to an emotional and critical thinking age where we're going to be asked to be more in control of our emotions, to understand our mental health more, and also be able to use all of the information that we now have at our fingertips and be able to put it into a usable framework, right? Our cognitive thinking skills. It's like that's where... The, if you're trying to figure out where to put your finger on the pulse of where the society is moving, is going to be being able to take all this information and put it into a cognitive thinking manner so that you can construct creative new ideas outside of the box. You can, your creativity becomes the essence of who you are because no longer does information become the lantern for which everyone lights their lives because anyone can know anything at any given point in time. But can you take that information, can you internalize it, and then be able to connect various ideas so that you can see how the entire system, our entire world is interconnected, the web stretches all over the place, and then be able to formulate a creative way of expressing that in, in such a way that people just haven't seen it done before. That, to me, is really the essence of TikTok. I mean, it's you've got these tiny little videos that used to be Vine. Now they're 15 seconds. Hmm, that's strangely the length of a Snapchat or an Instagram video when they first started doing those. It's hashtags. Once again, Twitter started that and really fired it up. Now you're seeing it all over social media and it's being used in TikTok. You've got people that aren't just singing songs anymore back when it was, I think it was called Musical.ly. Um, you know, now it's more, you know, I, I've been watching live coaching stuff on there. I've been watching, you know, people dump Mentos into diet soda at the same time. Like it's, it's insane, right? All somebody did was take all these other ideas and combine them into a brand new idea. And I think that's where our cognitive thinking is going to be important as you begin to step into the next generation of society. Now, let's go back to mental health. See, college is a time to explore and learn new things about yourself, right? Your academia, the whole world around you, everything. It is the time to explore, learn, to begin to define who you are. All right, this, you know, we all know this. It can be sometimes very hard to balance school, work, um, having a social life, being social, while also trying to take care of your physical and mental health. Right? You've got to make time for eating healthy and, and, and doing some sort of activity, even if you don't like going into the gym. Just like you have to take time for your mental health. That's going to mean, it doesn't mean laying on the couch and Netflix and chilling all day because that's you're still staring at, at, into like a blinking screen. Mental health is like going for a walk and, and putting your feet in the grass. You have to be able to unplug, unplug from all the information, unplug from the technology which I say this as we're all listening to a podcast on our phones. <laughs> See, when I, when I Googled mental health uh, and began searching around for just other th ways of seeing this subject so I could bring a well-rounded thought process into this, I came across a mentalhealth.gov definition of mental health. 
And uh, it reads something to the effect of as including your emotional, psychological, and social well-being. All right, so it's your emotions, your mental, and your social health, all of them, right? See, then it says, well, I've changed up a bunch of the words in my show notes, but basically it affects how your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and your actions, right? Social media, your mental health, all of this, it affects your thoughts. And we've talked about this before when we discussed how your thoughts create feelings which drive actions which create results, right? Thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Something happens and it creates a thought, then a feeling, then an action, then a result. That's your mental health, right? Your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions drive your actions, which means it draws a direct line to the results that you have in your life, both academically, socially, in college. It's just the way that it is. So your mental health is going to have a huge determining factor on your experience in school, on the friends that you make, on the choices that you decide upon, the, the, the extracurriculars and the clubs and the organizations that you join. Your mental health will have a huge determining factor. If you see yourself in a negative light, you're not going to choose the best things for yourself. You may not choose the best club that you really, really, really want because you're afraid you'll embarrass yourself because you've got it in your head that the worst thing that could possibly happen is that you embarrass yourself. So you don't go after the thing that you really want. Instead, you settle for something that's in your comfort zone. I mean... I've talked about this in other episodes. The worst possible scenario that happens no matter anything that you do is you have a feeling from it. The feeling can be pro or con depending on how you choose to see it. Your mental health determines how you handle stress, anxiety, social interactions, i.e. how you relate to others, and it it directly affects your decision-making process. All right. Now, on top of all the stresses that you're going to have from studying, writing term papers, your involvements on campus and extracurriculars, probably have a job too because college is crazy, insanely expensive. You're going to constantly be distracted by your phone. And very specifically, it's going to be social media. See, we live in this digital information age, as I said before, and now practically everything is available online. It, when it comes to social media usage among college students, one thing has become increasingly clear. It has fully implanted itself, in, itself into your everyday life. And while it has connected us as a society and a culture more than anything ever before it, more than the newspaper, more than the telephone, more than the television, social media and the internet has connected our society more vastly because you now you can hear what's going on in in you know, uh, Egypt during the Arab Spring practically has its happening. All right, but it's also caused and, and accentuated a chasm between our populace. Now we have this big, huge Grand Canyon type thing that keeps forming as we all are like picking sides. Are you for this or are you against this? Well, you can't do, you can't toe the line. You must choose a side, right? Which isn't, that's not a growth mindset. We'll talk about this whenever the book comes out in a month, but growth mindset means that you can you can understand all sides, right? When you get into social media and you're you get pigeonholed into choosing a side, uh, it puts you in a predicament where you may not really even feel that strongly, but everybody wants to know how you feel, and if you chime in and then you feel like you've chimed, then somebody thinks you've chimed in incorrectly. Now they're going to bully you and badger you. So you, you have to ask yourself. Is using too much social media bad for your health? What are the long-term effects going to look like? How is this going to further affect your mental health as you move down the line? 
See, I'm blessed to be in my 40s. And, and while I was there when you know Atari and Coleco and Nintendo all started, I also realized that too much social media is a bad thing. I very much monitor how much time I'm on Instagram or TikTok. Um, I do. I really only have those two. I'm on Facebook very rarely. Twitter is not even something that I pay attention to. And I'll talk more about how to choose your social, your favorite social media apps later on in the show. But to me, it's important that I just have the two that I mainly focus on. And Instagram is by far and away my most favorite one. Um, always has been. And since the moment I got a hold of it, I liked it better than Facebook. Point being is that um, you have to understand how this is going to affect your mental health. See, the other day I was reading some articles and talking to some people um, on a college campus, and they were saying how basically everybody just stares at their phone, and if they if the phone were to break or get dropped or whatever, they would lose their minds. And it got me to thinking that that's an addiction. That's when social media has gone too far. And not monitoring your mental health around that, I, I just think is that that would be like if you just started drinking a handle of vodka every day and just thought everything was fine. Being on social media five hours a day um, instead of going out and going on a hike or going and working out or, or learning how to cook so you can eat better food, I mean, the long-term implications are not good, especially considering the intention span that this thing is creating around our society. People keep saying, well, the attention span is getting shorter and shorter, and that's why TikTok is so popular with 15-second videos, and you can stream multiples together so that you can get a minute. I think it's not that society chose to have a short attention span. It's that everything that is created is meant to give us a short attention span. So if you watch one 15-second video and you stay on for 10 minutes, that gives you the opportunity to see 40 15-second videos. Right? They want you to keep tapping the button. They want you to stay on it because they got to figure out a way to monetize it. And if they're not charging for it, then you're the monetization. Your eyeballs are the monetization. So as you move through your college experience, I think it's going to be extremely important that you understand the kind of impact your phone is going to continue to have on you and has already had on you. And that's going to be something extremely important to always keep in mind is what is the impact that it's already had on you, right? You can't go back in time and change what you've already done. You know, it's now that you can start to make decisions about putting it away. And we're going to go over some pros and cons here in a second. One thing I, I did, I was watching something, I don't know, on Netflix. And again, it's so funny. I mean, I talk about all this you know, social media and stuff, but it's like I, I get so much of my information from all of these factors. And Netflix is one, and they've got a show called Explained. And I think that was it. And it was talking about how Japan's uh, birth rate's declining because a lot of men are dating their phone. Like that movie Joaquin Phoenix was in, uh, where called She, where Scarlett Johansson was the voice of his phone. Well, they're doing that over in Japan, and people are dating their phones. <laughs> we don't don't do that. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how that works. That really it blows my mind. Um, so let's look at some of the pros and cons with um, and around what it is that. Um, our phones are doing to us. So some of the pros, this is just a quick little list. You're going to have just as many. And, and yeah, by all means, if you're sitting around listening to this with your friends, y'all should stop and, and, and ask yourself, what are some of the pros and cons for you? Because this is just a quick little list that I came up with. Some of the pros are communicating with your friends and family from far away, 
um, able to stay involved in a person's life, even at a distance. And this could be, you know, I live in Los Angeles. Driving to the west side to the beach can be an hour and a half sometimes, and it's only eight miles. So being able to see what somebody that I know is up to over there without actually having to drive over there is pretty cool. And, yeah, not all the time do I have, you know, the the space in my schedule for a 30, 45-minute phone call with everybody that I want to keep in touch with. So social media and our phones are definitely amazing for that. You can meet like-minded people, right? Certain hashtags on different social media apps, and boom, before you know it, you found everybody, you know, hashtag um, cats, cats dressed as sharks riding Roombas. And that's my next one. <laughs> one of the coolest things that social media has given us is cats dressed as sharks riding Roombas. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know that people always want to use the some pretty insane extremes for the degradation of our society because of these of these videos and about how YouTube is just a bunch of cats dressed as sharks riding Roombas and it's not. YouTube is one of the coolest things because you can literally learn anything that you've ever wanted to learn on that website. But nothing makes me laugh more than watching a cat dressed as a shark ride a Roomba. And these little things, it's like little joyous things. I don't have a cat, and I definitely don't have a Roomba. So I would never have seen that otherwise had social media not introduced it to me. Um, there's a website I have, um, follow on Facebook called Dodo, and they're always showing really adorable animals doing really cool stuff and then people saving animals and things like that. So the social media has brought that. You know, If you look for the funny, heartwarming stories, unfortunately, a lot of people don't, and we'll get into that in the cons. Um, viral content like the Arab Spring. It's a, you know Twitter was able to connect people in such a way. Um, look at what's going on in Hong Kong, and the uprising that's happening there. You know social media is fueling it, and people are figuring out ways around hashtag blocks and and uh, whenever these communists and authoritarian governments try to lock people out of certain social media apps, they figure out other ways. Um, and so you know th- these are just a few of the pros. I mean, you know, you always have a calculator on hand. In high school, when my teachers used to tell me that you can't, you have to know how to do it on paper because you won't have always have a calculator in your pocket. They were wrong, ha, Mr. Askins. Um, you know, there's always have a camera. You don't have to go have things developed anymore. So you can take tons of pictures and you can go through and you can make them look better. And you don't have to rely on you know somebody at the CVS to to print your pictures up accordingly. Um, it's amazing. I mean, those are just two. I've got an app on my phone that keeps track of my sobriety. I've got an app on my phone called Shazam that tells me about songs that are playing. I've got Spotify where when I Shazam that song, I can go listen to it 57 times in a row if I, if I want to. Um, what other things? I mean, it's like we all, have, we all have so many of these apps. I mean, you got Podbean on here, Instagram. you got um, YouTube right there at my fingertips. I mean, Trello. I love Trello. Marco Polo, always up on that. I mean, there's just it, it's a never-ending, right? And I mean, and it's just the amount of cool things to be able to do on your phone now is mind-boggling. And that is a great segue over to cons. The things you can do on your phone are mind-boggling. All right, and that's where you have to start asking yourself, are you spending too much time on your phone? You know, now Apple has got that screen time thing that will tell you literally how much time you're spending on your phone, which is great. Um, or what do you care? You know, I mean, it's it's are you skipping class to p- screw around on apps? Or are you, um, you know, leaving class so that you can reply to text messages and emails? Are you able to unplug and get away from it so that you can actually study and learn? You know, are you sitting there uh, doing work at 
you know, 11, 12, 1 o'clock at night on your phone because, well, it's almost like there's a mental thing where it's like, well, I'm not on my computer, so I'm just playing on my phone. But next thing you know, you're answering emails at crazy hours, and it's like our our workforce just expects that we're always going to be available because of a phone now. And so that's one. That's a huge con. We are not always supposed to be available. You need to have downtime, right? Another thing, um, and again, this is a super short list, but I'm going to get to uh, the uh, top 11 things, top 10 with a bonus that you can do to monitor your social media. And um, more importantly, um, before we do that, let's discuss the biggest con, I think, about social media, and it's the comparing and the contrasting. Keeping up with the Joneses is a term, is a cliche that we used back in like the 80s and 90s, and I don't know if it's still a thing or not. But the idea was that, you know, everyone was living in suburbia and you're always trying to keep up with your neighbors. You know, if they had the new lawnmower, you had to get the new lawnmower and you had to cut their grass better. And if they had a new car, you had to get a new car. Nope, they got an RV. Now you got to get an RV. Oh, their pool's six feet deep. I'm going to get one installed that's seven feet deep. Everyone was keeping up with the Joneses. And now with social media, where now it's not just your next door neighbor and the people nearest to you that you're trying to keep up with. It is literally the world. And if you sit there and compare and contrast your existence based on what other people have chosen to manicure on their social media feeds, and always keep that in mind, you do it. Don't think other people aren't doing it as well. That's where I, I think that it seems like it's a weird a weird mindset, is that people will think, wow, their life is so amazing. Look at all the cool stuff they've done. Yeah, people don't post the pictures of themselves waking up and uh, being hungover. People don't post the pictures of themselves waking up and feeling sick. Their dirty-ass house, their, their, the dishes in their sink, their car all broken down and needing gas and tire and air in the tires and all the issues that are going on in their life and their bank account being less than and all this stuff. No one's posting that stuff. You wouldn't post it. So no one else is either. So just, you got to be really mindful to look at it and say, oh, that's cool that that's what they're doing. There's a, somebody on Instagram, I think it's called like My Life is a Travel Movie or something like that. And yeah, this person goes to really cool stuff and gets to see some really, you know, kick butt places. And that's great and all, but I can guarantee you that that profile is manicured very, very well. She's monetizing that. She's selling programs to learn how to live her life and She's definitely having paid sponsorships on her feed. And that thing is completely manicured. Um, and by that, it doesn't mean that she's not going to those places. But I can guarantee you the the, the hardcore traveling and the suitcase wheel breaking off and all the negatives that come around with that, that stuff's not being highlighted. So just always remember, no matter how beautiful something looks, there's always a shadow behind it. And, uh, you know, looking at social media, does it do more harm than good? Because... I'll tend to compare myself or life to that of others and end up feeling you know, pretty inadequate if I do that. You know, that is one of the things that somebody sent over to me in one of my direct messages. Because um, I, I had posted something about how if I compare myself to other people, I feel inadequate. And they came back and said, yeah, they thought that was pretty unfair to themselves. And so they ended up deleting all the social media apps on their phone and only strategically putting them back on whenever they really wanted to be able to um, be a part of a certain kind of communication or conversation. And so you just have to be mindful of how is it going to affect you. And this is just a good conversation starter, 
right? This by no means is going to be the 30 minutes that answers this entire dilemma. You know, for a lot of you, you may not think that there's a problem, but I can guarantee you if you're staring at your phone for five hours a day on top of going to class and working and trying to eat healthy and have a well-balanced life, things are going to start falling to the wayside. And if you find that your best connections are those over the phone and not with people face-to-face, that's going to cause some problems whenever you go off into the working world and you're going to be expected to uh, communicate with people within the office. Right? Everything cannot be done through instant messenger and texting. So let's finish this episode up with um, some of my ideas for how you can just become more self-aware of, of the phone and the social media and the internet and, and the role they're playing in your life. So um, number one on my list, monitor how much you are using your phone. Keep an eye on that Apple app that tells you how what your screen time is. Uh, I know, I think if you go to battery, um, at least this used to work on like the iPhone 10 or something like that, X, um, it would tell you um, during that battery cycle what you have burned most of your battery doing. And that's where you can find out how, at least battery-wise, I'm not, I'm not sure if it tells you the time, but I'm sure there's an app. For, I'm sure there's an app for that too. But you can find out how much time are you on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, any of those. What were you doing, and was it? And then look back and ask yourself, was it beneficial? Right. What? No matter what is amazing on Snapchat or TikTok, whatever's trending that day, tomorrow there'll be something else trending, and in in a week you won't even remember what you saw. Right. What what did you see 11 days ago on social media that blew your mind? You won't know. It's constantly an input, but nothing's really getting recorded. Not in the conscious mind anyways. Unconsciously, things are getting recorded. And this is where the compare and contrast can come in because you might be doing it unconsciously and not even realize it. So you just you want to be mindful of the input that you're giving yourself. It'd be like if you showed a three-year-old Jaws um, and then to, then took him to the beach the next day. How do you think that's going to go? You think they're going to be thrilled about getting in that water after they just watch a shark chase people down and eat them all up? Right? That's you you've embedded that into the, the child's unconscious. Likewise, there are things that you're seeing that you don't even realize are changing your unconscious mind to see the world a different way. And it's really important that you are aware that that is what's happening. Right. It, it is one thing to look back at the way food was made in the 1920s and be like, well, yeah, you know, somebody decided to make uh, right now. I'm listening to a podcast um, called Business Wars and it's it's Hershey versus Mars. And, you know, in the turn of the 19th going into the 19th century industrial revolution and all, they were just beginning to try to figure out how to make milk chocolate. And back then, yeah, it's they're, they're sitting there in their, their little kitchen and they're making caramels. And at least this is the Hershey part. He's making caramels and then he starts wanting to make chocolate and then he goes to Europe and finds out about milk chocolate. It, there wasn't really like a scientifically proven um, recipe that was going to addict people to chocolate. Chocolate was just really tasty and people used to drink it and then they wanted to figure out a way to make it to eat. Nowadays, when you go and you see chocolate, you see Oreos, or social media, scientists are behind this now. They are literally in a lab figuring out just the right amount of salt to put on a Lay's potato chip to make sure that you don't eat just one. So if you're not monitoring how you're using your phone, then you're going to be taken advantage of. and You're going to be like a drone just constantly staring at this screen. I went and saw Cirque du Soleil's Volta a couple weeks back, and it was all about um, 
it was called the uh, it was called the Greys. It was uh, this whole theme was about Greys and about free wills, and the Greys all wore gray and they walked around with these cell phones in their hands and they stared at them all the time. And the free wills were really colorful and they were on trampolines and swinging on ropes and riding BMX bikes and it was pretty pretty crazy. It was some sick stuff. I I can't believe how awesome it was. But even in that Cirque du Soleil thing, the idea that if you're a gray, if you're just somebody who just fits into, you, know, you just slide right into society and become a drone, it's the ones who are staring at their phones. So don't be a drone. Stop staring at your phone. I should turn that into a t-shirt. Don't be a drone. Stop staring at your phone. I don't have a, I don't have a pen around to write that down. Super bummer. Um, number two, pay attention to the people in front of you. I cannot tell you how many times um, in social situations, at restaurants, things of that nature. I see people that are literally at their phone just staring at it. Meanwhile, they have their friends or their family members around them looking directly you know, at their phones as well. And I'm like, why are you guys all even together? Why are you all even in the same room if this is all you're going to do is stare at your phone? It's like you got on the phone to set up a meeting, to set up a a, a social interaction, And now all these people have shown up and now you're just going to get on your phone and talk to the people who aren't there? I can't stress this enough. Pay attention to the people in front of you. You've gotten these people around. Whatever's happening on social media, it will still be there. This stuff doesn't delete. (laughs) Okay, I get that Snapchats, yes. Oh my God, you might miss the snap from Kim K or whoever the most trending celebrity is at the time. But who cares? (laughs) If it was that cool, I can guarantee you someone has figured out a way to record it and, and write an article about it for, for BuzzFeed or somebody like that. Like It doesn't matter if you miss something on social media. right? It is infinite content. Infinite content. There will always be something else that will be trending five minutes later. Back in the day, a couple years back, me and one of my buddies um, did a um, YouTube show that we called Disposable Trends. Because our theory is and always has been that, you know, every day something else is trending. I mean, it's all disposable. No one cares. Seriously, no one cares. The next day it's on to something else. So pay attention to the people in front of you and go off the grid. Number three, I love going off the grid. Sometimes I have to get work done and it's just phone on silence. Do not disturb mode. Put it on my bed. Walk away go over to my computer and just sit there and write or put together the podcast or do some studying or do some reading or do something away from the computer and go cook and just don't have your phone near you. Whatever's going on out there, the people can wait. If the zombie apocalypse goes down, it's not going to change anything if you didn't know 20 minutes sooner. They're still gonna zombies are still gonna kick in your door, and they're probably gonna give you the coronavirus, and you're probably not gonna have enough toilet paper prepared. <laughs> so, so just go off the grid once in a while, silence your phone, right? That's that's number four here is, is silence the phone, put it on do not disturb, have no phone times with your friends and family, right? That's a number five on my list. I'm actually moving around the order because I'm starting to see a better way to, to put them in order. Have the, have no phone times, right? Pay attention to the people in front of you. When you guys get together, say, look, no phones. Let's put these things down. And I read a study recently from Harvard or Cambridge or who cares. It was a study and I from a trustworthy source. And it was stating that even when the phone is present on the table, it still gives people an uneasy feeling because 
they see the phone there, and right, that's the addiction. It's like they want to pick it up, they want to touch it, even if it's not their phone. They see it, and that makes them think about their phone. So have no phone times with your friends and family. Put the phones away. Number what number we got seven? Uh, the numbers don't matter anymore. <laughs> Choose your top two or three social media apps and stick to them. If you try to spread yourself out on five or six social media apps, yes, you will find yourself on your phone staring at it for three or four hours a day. I stick to Instagram, hands down. I get on Facebook to communicate within certain groups or to check out once a week. I'll get on and like search like my top 10 or 15 people, go through, click the pictures of them and their kids because I want to see what's going on with them. Um, I'm learning TikTok and, and all the little intricacies of that. You know, if you're in Snapchat, if you're in TikTok, if you're in Instagram, you're also on Twitter. I mean, that's four apps. I mean, my goodness. If you're going to give each one of them three, uh, 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day, bam. You know, now you're you just, that's two to three hours just on that alone. And telling you what, if those things are addicting, and sometimes you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been on my phone for three hours. What happened to the day? Um, don't post every little detail about your life, right? If you do, you expect some pushback and haters. I've got these sort of a seven and eight on here. Um, don't post every detail about your life. People don't need to know every little thing. It's not that important. They honestly don't care. Um, and expect pushback from your haters if some of these details happen to be about how you feel about politics or religion or whatever it might be. Is this that? You know, just be mindful about what you're posting. I mean, think about it. You know, I went back and deleted all of my tweets. I think like a year or two ago, I found an app that just went through and just deleted them all. Now, does that mean that they're completely out of the system? The internet couldn't find them somehow? I don't know. But I'll know this. You can't go on my Twitter feed and just keep refreshing the feed as you slide up and get to them. All of them are gone. And it's not because I said anything whack, but I don't know what I said 10 years ago that I don't still believe. Right? Kevin Hart lost the Oscars because he he made some joke um, about the homosexual community a decade ago. And it was a joke on a stage or in a tweet or whatever it was. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing that he did that. But certainly that doesn't mean that that's the kind of person that he is. He made some, you know, you lose a lot of context. I'll say this because I don't want any, I don't want haters from the Kevin Hart camp or the homosexual camp to come out. Jesse, all I'm saying is that you lose a lot of context whenever all you're doing is posting things. Nobody knows the tone or the joke or the jest of what you are actually doing. So just be, be real weary about posting every little detail about your life because your employers, um, your friends, your enemies, they're going to be able to find that stuff and then expect some pushback from the haters if they come across some information that could be damning to your reputation. That's huge. Do not be posting pictures of you looking all drunk and stupid. That is something for private. That's something that, that's why Snapchat, well, Snapchat was, Snapchat was invented because some, and I would listen to the Facebook versus Snapchat on Business Wars. You know, at first he was just like, it was literally started as a sexting app and it's since turned into so much more. But if you want to send some drunk idiot pictures of yourself, do it on Snapchat. Um, control your emotions around the feedback you get on social media. People are going to like it or they're not going to like it. They're going to agree or they're not going to agree. You, if you tie your emotions to the response that you get from your posts on social media, you are going to be on a roller coaster ride every single day. Right? I post things on Instagram and yeah, I I I have the I have that addictive mindset with that. I'll post something I'm like, "Oh wow, this was a great post," especially on my from sobriety to recovery account. 
and bam, I would get 800. And I'm like, yeah, look at that. Look at this reach and look at all the lives I'm helping. That really resonated. That's great. Post something similar the next day. 171 likes, no comments. I don't know why. Was it, I posted at the wrong time of the day. Who knows? Who cares? I made a post. I stayed active. I communicated with my followers. And that's the best I can do. And if you sit there and you allow your emotions to go back and forth and ebb and flow with social media, you will always be on a roller coaster. And it is not good for your mental health to always have an emotional roller coaster going on. Number 10, do not lose yourself in your phone. Don't be the grays from the Cirque du Soleil Volt Volta show. Look up from the phone. There's a whole world out there. And that's my bonus tip. Look up and around. There is a whole world out there. It's for you to see and for you to be a part of. And I cannot stress this enough. I don't know what everybody's doing with these videos they shoot at concerts and live events, but I go on YouTube a few days later and I don't see tons of videos from these concerts. But yet I'll see, uh, you know, at the Staples Center or at the Forum or at the Hollywood Bowl, I'll see 3,000 cameras up. And then I go on there and I don't see 3,000 videos. Yeah, I get that a lot of people might be using these and watching these for their personal selves, but I don't even see 20 videos from these concerts. And I can tell you, as someone who used to videotape a lot at concerts, I don't ever go back and, and watch them again. Maybe like the first few days or something, but a week later, it just gets lost. And maybe you'll stumble across it in a year or two, and it'll be really cool. And have one or two of your favorite song for a minute, just to trigger the memory of it. But sitting there and recording 70% of the con- of the concert through your phone, and you're disconnected from the entire event. Have you seen that meme where it's like some uh, like senior citizen, older lady, she's a real old woman, and she's just sitting there. It's like, it looks like a parade or something, and she's just sitting there without a phone watching it while everyone around her has got a phone out. And it was something about just enjoying the moment. You know, the, one of the ways that I remember the concerts I went to is there's a website called setlist.fm, and I go on there and I'll screenshot the setlist from the show, and then I put it into a folder just called setlist. And that's it. Now I go through that set list and that set list folder and I can see the concerts I was at. You know, and I do take a few pictures here and there, you know, just so I can go open up iPhoto and I can, oh yeah, remember that? I was like, oh, and then all of a sudden the, the flood memory comes back, right? And then I'll go on to YouTube and maybe I'll type in the band's name and, and, and that tour, even the day I was on, see if any videos come up. If not, some from around that tour will come up and then I can watch it for the most part. You know, unless you're going to see the Fish or the Dead or one of these jam bands, the set lists are pretty much the same. What these bands do on the stage is pretty much the same. So watch what somebody else shot, but don't be that person who gets lost in their phone at a concert when you should be sitting there enjoying it and just soaking it all in. Because 20 years from now, you may have all those photos and enjoy looking through them, or you may have lost them all. And it's like one day you're going to turn around and you're going to have a terabyte of photos. I'll tell you what, you are not going to go through them. So look up and around at the world. Take your shoes off, walk in the grass, walk in the sand. Just be outside, you know, listen to some music if you like or don't and listen to the birds chirp and just be out there and be monitoring your phone and social media usage because it is a direct line to how stable your emotions and your mental health are. I cannot stress that enough. You can Google this topic and you will come up with so many different articles about how depression and stress and anxiety are exacerbated 
by college students using social media and being on their phones as much as they are, right? You don't have to do that to yourself. You can break the cycle. You can you can talk to your friends and you can all break the cycle together and go do things where the phone isn't the main attraction to the entire event. Yes, grab a picture at the beginning, grab a picture at the end, snap a few pictures of you guys being funny, but you don't need to be posting it all over social media as you're doing it. Right? There's a shirt that um Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, he was the MVP of the NFL last season. He wears this during interviews, and I'll leave you on this. And it, it says, no one cares, work harder. And I love this shirt, and I'm getting ready to order one soon. And the reason why I love it is it's like, you think everyone cares, but no one cares. They'll look at it today, and they'll never see it again, and they'll double tap it. And if, if they're a really good friend, they'll see you and be like, man, I saw you went and did that cool thing. Tell me about it. Right? They were to probably do that anyways if they knew you were going to that really cool thing. But for the other 99% of people, they don't care. They don't care. So just enjoy your life. Be in your life. Be 100% present in your life. It will do wonders for your mental health. Thank you so, so, so much for the last 40 minutes. I got a little long-winded there. But I really wanted to stress how important I think this is. If you go back and you check out episode, I believe it was um, 40, about depression and suicide. I don't really know how much I touch upon social media and the internet there. But go back and listen to episode 40 about depression and suicide. Go back and listen to, in fact, the last four or five about, let's see, 37, 38, 39 were all about emotions. Uh, Let's see, 38, 39, and 40. Uh, I call them emotional regulation. And then there was the depression and suicide one. I mean, you can draw a direct line between what we're talking about today and all of the things I talked about in those three podcasts. So go out there, be amazing. Inclusivity over exclusivity. Please take care of one another. The power of positive energy, release and flow. Monitor your cell phone usage. It is, to me, one of the most important things that society needs to begin to understand right now, today, in order to better itself, to bridge the divide that is starting to be formed between everyone in our society. It is not healthy. It is not right. And we should start caring more about one another's mental health and less about what we're posting on social media. Much love, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.